Good day and welcome to episode 58 of the Plus One Player Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Steve, and as always, I am joined by the lore connoisseur, Matt Martinez. Yep. That's it. (laughs) And this week, we are joined once again by the outlaw queen, Kate. Hello. Hello. That's your go-to greeting every episode, just hello. Hello. But like in that Kate tone, so the signature greetings are all around. Okay. How's everybody doing? I uh, threw out my back on Sunday. That's I know, terrible. I know. You, we had so a little behind the scenes for everybody. We had a meeting on Sunday, and our our good buddy Matt here had to do the meeting lying down because <laughs> oh, age yeah. has got the best of him, and his back ceases to work. Guess how I first threw out my back? Like, um, the first time. I've been a strapping it. young man like yourself, probably doing some deadlifts because you're just no <laughs> a beefcake. No, it was dancing. Oh, uh uh-oh, getting a little too spicy on the dance floor, are we? What kind of dancing? Spicy. You, you, you did the bend and snap, didn't you? That's what it was. (gasps) I was doing a, I was bending over to come up, yes, and my back was just like no. Yeah, this was pre-twerk. Oh, how were you even able? I was (laughs) was gonna say, how are you able to pull a twerk? After that, after you fucked up your back, I don't know how to twerk. I can't. His twerking days were over. <laughs> yes. They were over before they began, which is a <laughs> damn shame. Exactly. That is tragic. All right, enough about me, though. I came home to a very fancy box in my driveway, and I got really excited. I thought it was a Christmas present, and uh, they had delivered it to the wrong address, so <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't mine. Wow, that was yeah. pretty wah, depressing. Wah, wah. <laughs> it looked so like a sad. laptop or something too. It was like. It, it was like that kind of box, and I was like, oh, "Who who bought me something?" Oh, no one. Probably one of our <laughs> oh. many fans. Yes. Yeah, I've been pretty good. The week has been uh, kind of going by quickly, I guess you could say. It's already Wednesday. This is it's weird though because our schedule's been off. We recorded on Friday last week, and now we're recording Wednesday this week. So it feels like we kind of just did this. Usually, we and it's not really that big of a difference. It's like two day difference, but yep. it feels different. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And once again, he is still missing. And this week, we've come to find out that Manny is stuck behind a Challenger is approaching unlock in Super Smash Brothers. And due to the difficulty spike in the Challenger battles, mm. we have yet to unlock him. Yep. It's a, it's a damn shame. Yeah. It's just behind that wall. Just waiting yeah. at the door. So who knows if and when we'll ever get to unlocking him because there's a lot of other characters to unlock, if we're being <laughs> honest. So in the meantime, though, he still somehow left the house a mess. So it was absolutely insane. I don't know how he keeps pulling this off. But anyway, we have to keep the house clean. So as always, please follow us on social media. We are at plus one player on Twitter and Instagram, and that's at plus the number one player. We also have a Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash plus one player. So go check out all of our social media sites. You can stay up to date on everything that's happening on the website. We post all of our articles. We post all of our podcasts. And we also like to support our community. So you'll see some retweets from 2019 Content Creator of the Year, Bear Share. Go check us out on social media for all of that sweet content. And 
head on over to the website, which is plusoneplayer.com. There, like I said, you can find all of our content, every article we've ever written, every podcast episode we have. So if you'd like to catch up on some oldies, I recommend doing it because let me tell you, it's very different now than it was at the beginning. If you want a little bit of nostalgia, go check out some of those old episodes. It's a lot of fun. Also on the website and in our Twitter bio, you can find the link to our Discord. Come on and join the community. We have about 100 people in there having great conversations all day, all night, talking about video games, having some laughs. Just all good things, really. Oh, you're having a laugh. We're having a laugh. So come on and join the conversation. (laughs) Unless, of course, you're racist, in which case we do not want to laugh with you. You're not funny. get the fuck out. Yeah. Also on the website, you'll find a link to our Twitch, which is twitch.tv slash plus one player. We stream there nearly every night of the week, streaming a lot of different stuff lately. Kate has been streaming Final Fantasy fourteen. Matt was streaming the Overwatch. Was it the winter event? Did that kick off? Yes. Yeah. I got the Mercy skin. Way to go. He's oh, you collected, did? He's collected his first skin of the season. Her. This is the time of year where Matt thrives at his skin collecting game. So if you've enjoyed all the content from the website, our social media, and if you've enjoyed hanging out with us on Discord, feel free to go on over to patreon.com slash plus one player. If you're feeling generous, throw us a buck or two because every single dollar you throw us will go right back to the show to make it be the best show it could possibly be. We have an absolutely amazing group of supporters, and we love them so much. We thank them every day for all their love and support. And of course, we can't finish housekeeping without mentioning the biggest Patreon supporter, and that's the sponsor of the show, Nerdiest Brands. Nerdiest Brands is a fantastic website that features products from vendors and designers from around the world, no matter the nerdy fandom. So if you'd like some rad nerdy gear, head on over to nerdiestbrands.com. That's nerdiest, N-E-R-D-I-O-U-S, brands.com. So now the house is clean. We have an absolutely great show this week. We are really excited because we've, you know, we've had some heavy topics over the past couple of weeks where it's been just very inundated with specific things. So this week we decided to loosen up and have a little bit of fun. So, we have an excellent topic on the podcast, and we're bringing back a classic game that we haven't played in a little while. So, Matt, please tell us how episode 58 is going to unfold. For sure. So, we're going to play Who Said It as our game, where we come with some quotes and some choices, and you all have to guess who said it, what character from video game said that quote. Then we're going to go into the topic of the pod where we're going to pitch you all our crossover game ideas. So we each came uh, with one crossover game that, we're go- that we've invented, and we're going to explain it to you all. Um, I think we also had some fans submit crossover mm-hmm. games. So we, did. we will we'll look at those. We'll talk about what we think those plots would be. And then if you're listening and uh, you want to tell me that my crossover game was the best, then you should call in and do that oh too. Oh my God. We haven't ah. even said any of the game details and he's already campaigning for his. Like we, We're not even having like a whose was better. He's just, yeah. he's making he's it priming, that way. Listen, Bayek should people. win, okay? No, this is what it all revolves around is Bayek. Aloy would win. It doesn't matter. It doesn't, you know what? I digress. Oh Six Let's move bullets. on. Oh my God. Six because this bullets. six well, that was revolver ocelot which is still true either way anywho this because this all stemmed from two things really it stemmed from avengers and super smash brothers and that kind of right. got our gears turning you know we wanted to talk about these crossovers and you know why they find success why some fail sony all-stars that one fucking sucked um <laughs> so yeah 
it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited. Yeah. And then we'll close up the show with patch notes as we normally do. All right. So let's move into who said it. So I have three. Do you guys have three? Yes. Okay, cool. Because I Um, follow the fucking rules. I'm surprised you have three. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I don't really like favorites. So, (laughs) Okay, I have a really easy one to start off and to kick it off, okay? Okay. The quote is, Wololo. (laughs) I think I know what this is. That a villager from Age of Empires is that a priest from Age of Empires 2 <laughs> or is that a trebuchet from Age of Empires 2? See, I my Damn thought it. isn't on that list. I thought it was going to be drowsy. <laughs> <laughs> no, his is like... Yeah, that's true. We've been over this. I, how, how dare I forget? So my friends are going to be so mad at me because they play yeah. Age of Empires like every fucking night. Matt O is going to be like, he's like flipping out right so now. So I was like, I know it's Age of Empires because they say this all the time in the group chat that I'm in. Whoa, low, low. But I don't know. I mean, it, it's got to be from two because they play two more than one. So the first option is out. I'm going to go. What are the other two options? Uh- <laughs> trebuchet and a priest, right? Correct. Uh, I'm going to go with trebuchet because priest saying that doesn't make any sense. But that might be the joke. So I well, what does Wololo mean? Well, do you know what a trebuchet is? Yeah. Okay. It's I have a no machine. idea what a trebuchet it's, is. It's a. It's like they use it to throw rocks into walls to knock down walls. Oh, a fucking like catapult? An, Let's just yeah, call it's it an It's advanced, like a siege engine. <laughs> well, yeah. it's an advanced catapult. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's still engine. a catapult. All right. It's got the thing down here and it goes... It goes wololo. It actually dabs as it shoots the catapult, the rock into the wall. Okay. I'm going to say trebuchet. I don't know why you thought this would be easy. Yeah, do you like the priests? Is it like the Sims where they don't speak English? They speak their own like Age no, of Empires sh- language. They should say they speak words. Then they I think we English. have. To, I think I have to side with Kate on this. I think it's the trebuchet. It's the priest. Why was he okay. saying Wololo? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't think thing. I want to know if I if go on knowyourmeme.com and search Wololo and there's oh God. or YouTube. My yeah, friends are going to be so disappointed. How in me. how would that have been easy for Wololo? Like, you got to know your audience, pal. And then sometimes when you click on a villager, they go, Rogan? Jesus. <laughs> Good to know, well, since I guess. nobody yeah. got that one right, Kate, why don't you go next? Okay. My first one is... I kind of hope this wasn't... I feel like this was on an earlier episode, but hopefully Maybe. it wasn't. And if it was, how the fuck would we know? It's been okay. so okay, long. that's good. <laughs> so my quote is, Men are but flesh and blood. They know their doom, but not the hour. So was that... A, uh, Uriel Septum from Elder Scrolls Oblivion, B, Corypheus from Dragon Age Inquisition, or C, Gaius Van Belsar from Final Fantasy XIV, A Realm Reborn. Who's Corypheus? He is the bad guy from oh. Dragon Age Inquisition. I'm going with guy. him. I think Scary Final Fantasy XIV guy. guy is too obvious because you've been playing that. And I think the Dragon Age Inquisition one was maybe like a little nugget, so we can plug your article again. A little nug. <laughs> uh, I think it. I think it's Guy Sven Balsar. Okay. I don't think it's Uriel Septim. Okay. Right, I think it's the Dragon Age guy. Okay, locking it in. Yeah. Yes. Okay, you're both wrong. It's Uriel Septim. Fuck. It- We're not good at this. 
Well, it was. It, I I thought it was like a ominous quote, and he was the only hero on that list, so that's why I picked villains as the uh, other two options. Exactly. Well, All that's right. why I thought it wasn't. I him. baited you. Baited. You know, and we fell for I it. Hook, line, game. and sinker, as they yeah. say. So in I the guess fishing community. In the fishing community, which uh, Kate is big yeah, on the, 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 video the, the video game fishing. The video game fishing community. <laughs> That was the first thing when we started playing Red Dead Online. She's like, I hope you're not going to get mad that we have to go fishing. I was like, well, we don't oh even have fishing rods God. yet. It, have, yeah, it doesn't matter because fishing, you have to be level 20 to unlock a goddamn fishing rod yeah. in Red Dead Online. So, so Who cares about fishing? Me. Red Dead's, fishing in Red Dead's kind of fun. So <laughs> unintentionally, my uh, quotes kind of range from like, kind of morbid to like pretty morbid i didn't do that on purpose you, it just so happened mood? it just so happened that the quotes i pulled had morbid a tone is to my them. permanent mood <laughs> don't i know it <laughs> so that my first one what is better to be born good or to overcome your evil nature through great effort mm-hmm. do you guys already That's... know this no hold on what is better to be born good or to overcome your evil nature through great effort. I've definitely heard it before. Um, oh, you both have definitely heard it before. All right, okay. so is the answer Parthenax from Skyrim, Big Boss from Metal Gear Solid Five, or Two Face from Arkham City? Two Face. Wow, that was quick. I think. No. Mm. Parthenax. No, it's Parthenax. I'm I'm gonna go with Parthenax just because you said we both know it, and I know that that is a game that <laughs> you know we've both played. That is correct. But. Ba-boom. Interesting. I threw in Two-Face because I really thought you'd fall for that, Matt. I did. And then yeah. I was like, nope. And it's I the wise old dragon. she might have fell for Big Boss, too. I was definitely thinking about it. Because that is a quote that he could have easily have said. Yes, for sure. So, good job. Thanks. All right. All right. Here's my second one. <laughs> if I don't stop the Vex, there won't be anything to come back to. I'm doing this for the both of us. So it's clearly from Destiny 2. Yes, yeah. that seems pretty <laughs> clear. Cade 6, is it Akora or is it Osiris? I think it's Osiris. Um, I don't know who Akora is. Akora Ray. Okay. I didn't play Destiny 2. That's so. who she is. I, like, I feel like it, I mean, it doesn't sound like something Cade would say because he's like more goofy, but no, yeah, sure. uh, I'll go I'm with gonna Osiris. go with Osiris. Osiris is right. Hey. Yeah, because I vaguely because like that was the curse of Osiris. It was all about the Vex. So Good I job, guess Steve. that one was easier than Wololo. It was. It was definitely way easier. easier. <laughs> but again, I played Destiny too. So and I, like Cade said, that wouldn't have been something Cade said, and I thought Cade was too obvious. It was. And unfortunately, so Akora just doesn't get enough love. So okay, that's also do. true. Okay, my turn. Yep. Sure. Okay. My quote is, why can't we have a normal, straightforward killing once in a while in this country? Jesus Christ. Why can't we have a normal, straightforward killing? Once in a while in this country. Was that Woody Harrelson from True Detective season one? Um, No, but all of the options are detectives. Okay. So option one, Emma Skye from Apollo Justice, Ace Attorney. Option B, Hank from Detroit Become Human. Option C is Roy Earl from L.A. Noir. Yikes. I'm going to go with 
the L.A. Noir one because I definitely don't remember Hank saying that. And I think Ace Attorney is very obvious for you because you're a big fan of it. And I feel like that would be a nugget you would plant for us. Although it could very Another well be Ace nug. Attorney. But I'm going to go with the L.A. Noir guy. Was it Roy Earl? Yes. Yeah, I'm also going that. Okay, you're both wrong. <laughs> is it the Ace Attorney thing? Yeah, it's Emma Jesus. from Ace Attorney. It just felt way too obvious. I haven't played any of those games. I know, I'm sorry. I think but... we're also overlooking the fact that like she was struggling to find quotes earlier so like maybe we should have been mm. looking at the obvious yeah one. <laughs> well everything everything else from ace attorney was like very obvious because it was so fucking goofy i had to pick something that was like at least sort of serious but i hear anyway. you that's the name of the game well the name yeah. of the game is actually who said it but whatever. but you gotta come up with like yeah the hardest part is actually figuring out other people who it could have sounded like yes yes it is Okay, so my next one. You married your wife because you were scared of dying alone. You had children because you're scared you won't leave behind anything important. You go to doctors because you're scared of dying. Need I go on? Is that Scarecrow from Arkham Asylum? Victor Sully Sullivan from Uncharted 4? Or Victor Bronco from Max Payne 3? I'm going to say I don't Mm. think it's Scarecrow because he would be talking to Batman and Batman doesn't have a wife. That's true. Unless he's messing with his head. Well, he's always messing with his head, but I feel like he'd be saying, he wouldn't be saying stuff that was untrue in that way, if that makes sense. <laughs> so what, Sully from which game? Uncharted Sully. 4. Okay, okay, okay. That is after Drake is married, I think. I think, right? Yeah, he's with Elena by then. Yeah. Uh, I didn't play Max Payne, so I don't know. I'll say Max Payne. Yeah, I'll say Max Payne too, although it oh. could be Sully. I'll say Sully. <laughs> <laughs> You're both wrong. It's the Scarecrow. Oh my God, Kate. Who, Thanks. Yeah. Who does he say that to? I was going to go with the Scarecrow too. Well, you so, could have guessed it. <laughs> you didn't have to listen to me. I, I believe it was in one of his like dream sequences when he was like fucking with Bruce's head and like seeing exactly his parents and like talking to Thomas. It could have been uh, that or he might have been talking actually like Jim Gordon, but I remember... Oh, I got Jim that. Gordon makes sense. I got that from uh, okay. the interwebs. I don't remember it off the top of my head because I played Arkham Asylum a long time ago. Although I did snag Return to Arkham Except on PS4 for $5. So I have Arkham oh. Asylum and Arkham City just waiting on my nice. PS4 to just Arkham go back Asylum, to. I, I, rec- I remember the Scarecrow levels. And like, yeah, aside yeah, from the wife thing, it sounded crazy. like stuff he would say. But Yeah. All right. I loved when you had to like, when it made it seem like your Xbox was messing up. Mm-hmm. That was crazy. Yeah. Anyway, here's my last one. This one, well, you'll see. Sleep? <laughs> I never sleep. I just wait in the shadows and I will kill you all. Is that Corvo Atano from Dishonored? Is that Cassandra from AC Odyssey? Or is that Bayek from <laughs> AC Origins? Shit. That Bayek one just seems like such a low-hanging fruit. <laughs> I have to go with it, though. I'm just going Bayek. Yeah, I feel like I... I wanted to slip that in. You didn't slip an Aldrin Sov one in, so I think you might be slipping a Bayek one in. Yeah, I, I don't... I don't think it's Corvo. I mean, he's a he's a good option that you threw in there if it's not him. So yeah, I'll I'll go with Bayek. As you also well. haven't played Odyssey yet, so yeah, I haven't played that either. I don't know Cassandra's ha- personality. Well, yeah, he hasn't. So well, it's Bayek. Better do that. This one, I 
fully expect you guys to get because I say this a lot, but you never Is know. Is it Wololo? No, but I I use it as a meme. Even oh, Is I it don't know the Pikachu face. No, it's a meme that I use. No, I don't think anybody else does. Well, we'll find out. Okay, the quote is, that wizard came from the moon. Okay, you don't recognize it. Okay. No. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? Why have about? you ever posted that? Yeah. I, I say it all the time. Maybe not, maybe not to you guys. Oh, probably in her other Discord with her mm. other website that she works for. That wizard yes. came from the moon. Plus like one bear. The most ridiculous <laughs> sentence that someone ever wrote down. That wizard came game, from the moon. In a video game script, yeah. So, okay. is... Is it Cecil Harvey from Final Fantasy IV? Is it your ghost from Destiny? Or is it the happy mask salesman from Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask? That wizard came from the moon? Yeah. That could very well be something the ghost says, but you didn't play Destiny, so I don't know if you would use that. And like, Why would you use that meme? I played Destiny 1. She oh, did you? Destiny. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Fuck it. I'm going to go with that because there are wizards what? in Destiny. No, there's not. There's witches. I think they're wizards. <laughs> They're wizards. They're definitely wizards. They're not witches. Yeah, I'm going Ghost Destiny. I guess Final that kind of makes sense. Lock it in. Then yeah, I'll lock it in too. Okay. I can see. Yep. I can see like Dinklage, be like that wizard came from the moon. Just really badly. Yeah. Yep, you're both right. And Steve, you get bonus points for the assessment of Dinklage's delivery. It's he's just like that wizard came from the moon. It, it it's just <laughs> like the most ridiculous sentence I've ever heard. The worst voice acting I've ever oh, heard. So yeah. I, uh, I use it as a meme a lot in that's my good. own well, Discord, apparently. Yeah, jeez. Can you <laughs> so spend that's time good. in ours? We got, it, we got a couple right. All right, my last one. That's why I told you. It gets mo- pretty morbid. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's going to leave my town. Everyone's going to die. Okay. Is this Andrew Ryan from Bioshock, Police oh. Chief Brian Irons from Resident Evil 2, or Tom Nook from Animal Crossing? <laughs> <gasps> Bring back Nook. the Tom Nook. This is a throwback, joke. yeah. That the is Raccoon a Mafia. Nobody in this. What does he say? Nobody's going to leave my town. Everyone's going to die. Okay, as as much as I want it to be Tom Nook, because that's, <laughs> that's how I conceptualize Tom Nook so as a funny. raccoon gangster. Um, I don't think it's him. I mean, Andrew Ryan makes sense. I'm just worried about no, saying Andrew. I don't Ryan. think Andrew Ryan would say something that. Yeah violent because he's all about like oh, he's like very philosophical I, right yeah so what was the middle one police chief brian irons from resident evil 2 that guy okay let's go with him Kate that is the correct guy. answer <laughs> good good logic there matt yeah wow great that was deductive good. skills we actually ended up getting a few of them right that was pretty yeah good. we started off not so great a little rough a little <laughs> slow in my head tom nook says that now though <laughs> he probably does when he Tom Nook also his says, there's bat. a wizard from the moon. That wizard came from the moon. <laughs> now pay me your money. <laughs> but pay me in flowers. Oh, my <laughs> nephews will break your kneecaps. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on to the topic of the pod, crossover games. So shall we pitch ours first or should we... Do a little general chat about crossover games to Let's begin with. Let's do a little with. general little, chat. little general chat, and then we'll do the community pitches because they're short and sweet before okay, we Okay, and ours. then ours. Yeah. Then we'll end with the best one. Mine. Mine. Is that? Yeah. Well, oh, there it is. Oh, shit. <laughs> All right. So let's, 
begin by talking about just in general our experience with the crossover games if we've played any that have been particularly good and maybe some that haven't been up to snuff so who wants to start i will i will start with one that i think is a little unusual in that a lot of crossover games are fighting games just because i think it's easy to have a big roster with a bunch of different people from different games um so one that I do have some complaints about, but not the crossover element, is Kingdom Hearts is a big crossover mm. game. Um, it crosses mm-hmm. over Disney. It crosses over um, Final Wreck-It Fantasy. Wreck-It Ralph? <laughs> what about Wreck-It Ralph? <laughs> what about Wreck-It Ralph? It has Wreck-It Ralph. Some of their own original characters in there, and it's an RPG, so it actually has like a very convoluted story, Yeah, which is one of my complaints about it. But in terms of the crossover, I think it does a great job, and they... They actually incorporate like the Disney princesses into the plot and everything. And you go to all the different Disney worlds and the different Final Fantasy things. So I I think they do an excellent job with the crossover part. See, that's one I never got into. And it's at this point now, it's just like, I guess, like the backlog. It's intimidating. I don't even want to try to pick it up because I have so many things that I'm playing and it definitely intrigues me because of those little nostalgic elements. Like I like seeing all those characters and that's why I, for the first time I actually got interested in that series when I saw that toy story was in this one, because obviously toy story was a huge part of growing up. Like I think, I think the first one came out what 95. So, or 90, I don't know, 95, 96, someone can correct me on that. But so obviously I saw that at a very young age and like grew up with the toy story movies. So that when I see that, I'm like, man, I'd love to like play in that world on like a, a newer stage because it's, yeah. it's a little bit different going back on my SNES and playing like Toy Story for Sega. <laughs> uh, it's not the same. Sure. See, that's interesting because like Kingdom Hearts for me has never attracted me because of the crossover, like specifically because of the crossover elements of that game. I just mm. find it too, I don't know, it's too jarring for me to be like, oh, let me go, let me go visit all of these like Disney universes in one game but i mean that you haven't that played it aren't, right <laughs> right but universes that okay. aren't connected yeah but like they they give a story reason that they're yeah, but I don't, connected I don't like it. okay okay it. okay <laughs> i mean i i think that they they do a pretty darn good job um making a logical reason for stuff okay of it is forced so maybe it's not even unique to kingdom hearts okay maybe i just dislike the could, crossover could be i idea yeah could be well, yeah, I think I think they do a great job, and I like that they, instead of just doing a another fighting game where you can be Aladdin or Mickey or whatever, they actually made a real story and created all the different worlds with their own unique enemies, and the main character gets, like, a different look based on each world he's in, so I, I think they did a really good job with that. There should be a Disney fighting game where you can play Jafar and Simba. Mm-hmm. And it's as bloody as Mortal Kombat. That's my crossover game. Yeah, I don't think that'll That's happen. Pitch. I feel like there's something holding it's Disney as back. Bloody. <laughs> Simba would be brutal, man. Just Simba, Just Simba would be ripping people's face off. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Jesus, <laughs> get over here! It's like Simba, that's not your catchphrase. Your catchphrase is like, I'm. Just, I just can't wait to be king or some shit. So. <laughs> yeah. But I, I like your point that most of the crossover games are fighting games. And I think you're right. Like, it just yeah. lends itself to that style. You can use the smaller elements of those characters without having to, like, 
drastically tweak your gameplay mechanics so you can sure. feature those right. little quirks that each character has yeah. and give everybody like that feeling like that's why smash brothers works so well because they're able to like offer pretty much a little bit of something to an entirely broad group of gamers because everyone can be mm-hmm. like oh that's a character that i use I, I remember on you know game x y and z so i love that character i'd love to try like this fighting game just because i can be that person mm-hmm. well and, and nobody i mean i don't think most people are going to fighting games for like a super deep connected story or anything so, right right yeah you just need kind of if you want some sort of basic like these are all challengers for this cup or whatever and like you don't really need like kingdom hearts some sort of like actual premise of these are why the worlds are connected and why yeah. there's a villain threatening all of them so it, it is just a lot easier and like you said you can have a huge roster and attract people from all kinds of different fandoms into your game so I think that's why it is so popular in the crossover genre. So why do you think that it's pretty much just like only fighting games that really get the crossover appeal? Like why don't more game franchises try it? Like, do you think it's like developers not being able to do it? Do you think that there's like contractual things that are preventing people from, you know, crossing over like main characters into Hmm. a story that can combine them? Like what we're trying to, you know, pitch right. later on. I well, say that in air quotes. I, I think I I think some of it is also just like so in a Legal. fighting game, what Smash has like a roster of seventy or something. And they're uh, yeah, it's like yeah, something like that. Sixty they're or something all I remember. Given the same amount of attention, right? So like if I'm just a person who plays Fire Emblem, I can still come to Smash and find my Fire Emblem people and play. But like in an RPG or a action game, you can't have seventy characters like you're gonna have to yeah. trim that down and it's like if you're getting the license to pokemon do you really just want to because i'm sure that costs a lot of money do you really just want to use one pokemon that maybe people don't like and you miss out on that audience i don't know yeah well i'm thinking more so like how come they don't just take like two main characters from two big franchises because mm-hmm. i mean that's that's what my premise is coming down later on okay so like well, why don't we ever see that where they try to like get studios to work together so they're able to produce like a almost like a one of a kind story where you're able to like imagine if there was like a uncharted tomb raider that was actually one of the suggestions that we'll get to where they because oh, yeah. it could just be one game where like lara croft and nathan drake team up mm-hmm. i think it comes down to story and like legal reasons <laughs> yeah like, you'd probably have to bend a lot of the story to get that to happen and then also oh, yeah. you have to like do a shit yeah. ton of legal paperwork and copyrights yeah. and all that i'm stuff. doing so an insane amount of try? story bending to make mine work <laughs> and i i don't think fans mind like like hardcore fans don't really mind if their favorite character gets sucked into the soul caliber vortex or whatever right right for right. a game but then if like if you're actually telling like a new story with Lore. Gerald or something with character development and stuff, then like hardcore fans are like, well, where does this fit into the timeline? And why did he have this character development? But then it's not, it didn't happen in Witcher three or whatever, you know? So you do have to worry about that. I think a little more than with a uh, more basic fighting game. That's true. Yeah. No, I think fighting that... game just lives outside of like, yes, the canon. War. Yeah, exactly. Oh yes. The canon, the canon. But yeah, like I think it I think it does have a lot to do 
with legality. Like, I feel like it's mm-hmm. probably nearly impossible to get studios to work together like that on some type of collaboration because there must be so many legal loopholes to jump through in terms of who gets paid what, like how much money each studio makes off of the entry and things like that. Because obviously then it can, it can be argued like which character is making more money. You know, like once you yeah. be like, well, our character made more money on their own, so they're more important, so we should get a heavier share. So I could easily see how many just insane obstacles would yeah. come up for that. But it would be so cool to see some be. of like these characters interact together, and I think that's something that I don't know. I I I can't imagine we really see too much of it down the line because I think it's very difficult. But I think it'd be amazing if all mm-hmm. of a sudden you saw like Solid Snake hanging out somehow in like grand theft auto they could probably figure it out (laughs) that's where we come in we're gonna invent the best crossovers ever Mm -hmm. so you can you can live in these crossover universes yeah steve what are the ones that the community submitted so i have three from the same person and then one from another person (laughs) someone's really into this topic so this was somebody and this is why i said they're really short and sweet to the point this is a okay. uh, winter membrane or it's winter underscore membrane on instagram first one minecraft and terraria oh i'm down with that because i don't like minecraft but i love terraria so yeah i haven't played either of those but i heard Me they're very neither. similar <laughs> see a dog <laughs> terraria is amazing it's so much fun i uh i'd play terraria with connor and meadow and uh when we just decided let's you you're basically at the very top of this map and we just decided to like we're just gonna dig straight down and we did and we ended up in like hell fighting like a giant hell worm <laughs> sounds like yeah a lot of fun. it was it was amazing it was so, so much yeah, fun so that sounds like it'd be pretty entertaining crossover yeah and next like i like i had alluded to he was the one who mentioned tomb raider and uncharted and i think that's that's, that's actually a great a good yeah that's an easy yeah. one that, that that could be done and it's very easy to argue that the success of the Uncharted series probably led to the Tomb Raider reboot, like because they're like, oh well, yes, this is yeah. basically male Tomb Raider. Why don't yep. we bring back an yeah. iconic character? And then it led to just awesome games for everybody. So, mm-hmm. good job. All I feel around. like do, do they exist in the same time period too? Oh yeah, like the for sure. Yeah, they're both modern times. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that one. Yeah, there's such actually, awesome. that's good like chance. a very a likely one that you could do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then like Uncharted just, Raider, uh, just like the team up of like Lara and Elena, just like making fun of Nathan, like that would just be. Yeah. <laughs> and his last one is Marvel vs. Capcom, but instead of Capcom, it's just Injustice. <laughs> so what? basically, it's Marvel vs. DC. Oh. oh, so it's like Injustice Three, Marvel v DC. Yeah, but that would be great because obviously, like those are the two big hitters. Like I'd rather yeah. have Spider Man oh, and yeah. Batman go against each other than Spider Man and fucking Ken. <laughs> Oh, and and people have very strong feelings, as Steve just demonstrated. Well, I mean, it, their, if we're uh, talking about Street yeah. Fighter, like there's better characters than Ken, like, and he's just got the plainest name. He does, but like, talk about a crossover that will never happen because of legal reasons, right? Right. Oh, for Marvel sure. Yeah, DC, DC and Marvel. Yeah. It's such a shame because that would make so much fucking money. It would. And so my last one. This is from one of my roommates, Cassie. She, we brought this up last night, and she just tossed this idea out, just so casually. But it seems so funny. GTA, but with Mario Party characters, just a very dark version of Mario Party, 
and include the Mario Kart driving mechanics. <laughs> That's exceptional. Could that is so good. Just Mario running around with like an RPG, just shooting Bowser out of the sky. <laughs> I love it. Luigi on a on a jet motorcycle doing precision tricks where he goes through donut <laughs> yeah. holes. <laughs> Mario starts running a cocaine enterprise as a drug oh motorcycle club. I need the shrooms, man. <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah, that's excellent. Yeah, that, that one was a that one was definitely one of my favorites because just picturing like Mario living in a GTA world is absolutely yeah. hilarious. Especially if it's like a modern graphics too, so it's like a like a GTA character model of Mario. <laughs> yes, I love it. It's just one of those like weird, like the the dude who makes the pictures of like SpongeBob characters that are just way too realistic. Oh, no. oh it's basically those are that. terrifying. <laughs> or like the realistic Pokemon. Yeah. Oh, oh god. Yeah. So yeah, those, those are some great ones for the community. Yeah. So if you guys have any crossover games you'd like to pitch our way, give us a call three four seven five zero nine five six two zero. Leave us a message and we'll play it next week on the podcast. And we'll tell you if we would make your game. Although I can promise you we do not have the capital to fund it. Nope. All right. The moment we've all been waiting for are exceptional crossover game ideas. Trademarked already. So if a studio would like to make them, you need to pay us for it. All the monies. Kate. Yeah, let me go first because I don't have a full idea and I need your help, guys. Okay. I need so to, Kate need was to... the one who waited we'll until midnight the night before the exam to crack open the textbook. I know, I'm so I'm so sorry. We need to yep. workshop this. I, I <laughs> believe right. we can. So I have a concept. I just don't know what the story would be. But my concept is kind of like a purgatory almost. And all of the characters would be characters who have died in their main game. So since I'm me, I would want it to be like a party-based RPG for sure. Yeah. Um, so some of the characters I thought of that could be in it would be like, um, spoilers, obviously, because these are all characters that die in the games, um, would be Eris from Final Fantasy VII, John Marston from Red Dead Redemption, uh, Lee Everett from Walking Dead. Who else? Who else? Oh, the boss from Metal Gear Solid Three. Um, oh, there's a lot of, there's a lot oh, of great Kate characters. Six. Cade Six from Destiny too. Yeah. Hell yeah. So just... You know, any they have to like actually canonically die in the game. It can't be a yeah. well, if you chose this ending, they died kind of thing. Um yeah. but I think you could have like a really cool party and bring back some beloved characters that everyone thought. Oh, went I too see. So soon. it's a it's a party so you get to choose which dead characters you want to be in your party. Yeah. Do you like is it like an octopath thing where you like unlock some as you go through the quests? Yeah, I imagine it would be like Almost like Dragon Age style, where they're all there, but you you sort of pick who is in the main party. I honestly feel time. like it would benefit if this game was like while you're unlocking these people, your these if it's like an octopath thing where they have their own quest lines, their quest lines result in them finishing their unfinished business, <gasps> and then oh. they leave yeah, your be party cool. because they ascended. I like oh that. Well, they. Yeah, they have unfinished business, and so that's why they're in purgatory. And then when you finish their quest line, they're dead for good. We're calling they're actually it out of your party. The Ascent. Okay. Is that a name of a game yet? Well, the no. Descent was that a scary film. movie. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is The Ascent. The Ascent. I like it. Then we'd probably have to think tank a little harder on the characters, because I think some characters die yeah. pretty fulfilled, but some don't. 
So There's a, a space game called Ascent. Well, whatever. Yeah, but where the uh, Ascent? Yeah. Okay, I guess right? that's not taken. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. So it would be like it would be more like Octopath with separate storylines, where you just kind of help each other out, but maybe a little more character interaction with Octo than Octopath, because it would be great to have like the boss sort of mentoring john marston or something you know like mm-hmm. i think some of the character interaction could be super cool yeah and like what type of world would it be because you've mentioned it's like this purgatory thing but like what does that look like yeah i don't know what it would it would we want it to look like some sort of hellscape or well, i feel like you would normal. go into like different areas of purgatory that would remind the person of yeah. the world they came yeah from. almost cool. like I, I don't know if you guys have played life is strange or not but there are moments in that because the whole thing with Life is Strange is like this rewinding time mechanic. That's pretty much mm-hmm. how the story gets told. And there are moments where she kind of goes back and sees how things could have been if something happened mm-hmm. a certain way. And the way it was designed, it almost had like this kind of like euphoric edge around the scene when you were kind of oh, okay. in those moments of like, this isn't real, but this is what could have happened. And I feel like that. Almost to, because we're talking about crossovers, a lot of this stem from the Avengers 4 trailer dropping, but mm-hmm. a lot of this too could be very similar to kind of like the Soul Stone, how like when you're in the Soul Stone, it's got like that orange hue. So I'm not saying exactly yeah. like an orange hue, but like there's that kind of glow where it lets you know that this isn't what it seems. Yeah, that like, I'm kind of picturing like, which Matt, maybe you'll remember this, in Dragon Age games, when you go into... The veil, which is like the, uh, the yeah, reflection yeah. of our world that you see in dreams. So it, it's kind of the same thing where like there are like castles and stuff there, but like the geometry is wrong and stuff is floating that shouldn't be and everything has like a weird hue to it and stuff. So it would be it would be a surrealistic world a little mm. bit. I think there's some possibilities here. Yeah. I think this yeah. could be a lot of fun because it could... We just workshops the heck out of that. Yeah. Good job. Thank you. We need to learn to meet some developers so that they, they yes, can we start do. making these things. Seriously. We have great ideas. We just have we no do. technical skills. We're just or like... Money. Burp, burp. <laughs> or money. Or <laughs> money. Nice. Okay. Well, st- The Ascent. Coming the Ascent. The Ascent. To screens everywhere. 2080. <laughs> Steve, do you want to go next or you want me to go next? I'll go next because the way you've built up yours, I kind of <laughs> want to see it last. I want to see if it lives up to the hype. So you, oh, have a lot of, you have a lot of pressure. So my crossover game, and you'll understand exactly what it is as soon as I read the title, Horizon Zero War. This, of course, is a God of War and Horizon Zero Dawn crossover. Oh, mm-hmm. shit. That'd be good. So it's very much alluded to in god of war that there's some time travel fuckery going on for sure Mm. for sure because as you're kind of going through the last little bit you end up hearing like a bell ring and that's like no you hear the horn to summon the world serpent and the only time the world serpent actually comes up is when he thinks the person is worthy of talking to Okay. And so when that happens, later you find out now that the world serpent's being killed. So the question is, who rang it? And a lot of people are thinking it was Loki, a.k.a. Atreus, in the future. It's a whole thing. So there's some time travel fuckery that can be worked with. So my premise, and now this is very brain dumpy, so work with me here. Mm -hmm. Due to a break in the space-time continuum, Kratos and Atreus are sucked into the Horizon Zero Dawn time frame along with a reincarnated Zeus. So Zeus from the third God of War. 
Kratos beats him down, and that's a it's a huge battle. So mm-hmm. somehow in this like wormhole, Zeus's body or soul from whatever realm it's in at this point gets conjured back up. And obviously I'm bending story here, but that's the point. That's okay. it's, this is my yeah. fucking story. I can do whatever the fuck I want with it. So Zeus is now able to basically power himself back up. He's able to become mm. Zeus again due to like this new time frame and a lot in part to the Hades AI system, what was left behind. So he was able to actually somehow summon powers from that and then start mm-hmm. making robots work for him. Mm. What? So when he gets there, he arrives and Kratos and Atreus haven't found Aloy yet. So Aloy's like, who the fuck is this guy? What is happening? He's, he's bringing all these, you know, robots back. I thought I took care of this. And so eventually Aloy in her travels as she's trying to figure out how can I beat this guy? Because he's like tearing through shit and she's trying to figure out what weapons she can use. And then eventually she stumbles upon Kratos and Atreus. And naturally both parties are very skeptical. They're very mm-hmm. untrustworthy to begin with because they're just like, who, you know, I've never seen these people before. And Kratos, of course, is stoic. He's very isolated. Yeah. And so eventually after some explanations occur and some great, I would say, character development where they're traveling together and Atreus is going to be the perfect little bridge between the two because yeah, through, his, through his storytelling and explaining what's going yeah. on because he loves to talk, Aloy learn, learns all about them. So that's when she starts to trust them and then mm-hmm. because she's obviously incredibly capable, Kratos is like, all right, I have no reason not to trust her. And so mm-hmm. they yeah. become a formidable team on an effort and, and basically their whole effort is to stop Zeus, this highly powered Zeus who now has... He has like these crazy electrified robots now. They all have his powers bestowed upon oh. them, so they're more powerful. So that's, that's why cool. Aloy needs to get new weapons to try to counteract these new machines. And Kratos obviously has the ability to take Zeus on now with his trusty sidekick Atreus as well. So it's basically just them working to stop that, and it'll be open world because both games have very similar mechanics. So the open world mechanics will be there. Mm-hmm. Both characters will have their same fighting mechanics, and what it'll be is you'll choose who you want to work as, and you can switch between them very much like Grand Theft Auto Five. Okay. And it will allow online multiplayer. So that way, if one person wanted to be Kratos and the other person <sighs> wanted to be Aloy, you can uh. team up and have some fun together and actually do the campaign together. So that's I think that's good. that game would be amazing. That's yes. exceptional. Yeah, that and sounds I think, good. very, very good. I think it could be done because they could easily fuck around with that. Like time travel is just so vague. Like you could easily yeah. be like, yeah, this could happen. Why not? And then to get them and like having their fighting and imagine like some crazy weapon that they'd give to Kratos that they'd concoct like with those futuristic technologies mm-hmm. and then his godlike powers and what he'd turn it into. Sign me up. Yeah. Horizon Zero War. I think it's a great name too. Sounds great. I yep. think the box Sounds art would good. be amazing. Like you get like yeah. Zeus all high in power, and then like Kratos and Aloy like looking up at him. Oh man! So I'm if uh, Corey yep. Barlog is listening, or anybody at Gorilla Games, <laughs> yeah, Corey, you're Corey welcome. Listening. <laughs> Imagine he's just like, yeah, I really love obscure gaming podcasts. I think they <laughs> add something, so I listen to him all the time. <laughs> but yeah, if you're listening, Corey, just uh, you know what? I'll give you that one at a discount, just because I love mm-hmm. you so much. <laughs> All right, Steve, that was exceptional. Yeah, that was great. Okay, here's mine. Oh my God. It's a Star Wars game. 
That's why he's Dumb. wearing the Jedi robe. Scroll text uh. rolls. Destiny Wars 3, Revenge of the Nine. <laughs> oh my god. War. The Traveler is crumbling under attacks by the ruthless Hive Queen, Savathun. <laughs> there are heroes on both sides. Darkness is everywhere. In a stunning move, the clever awoken leader, Queen Marasav, has swept into the last city and kidnapped Commander Zavala, leader of the vanguard. As the awoken army attempts to flee the besieged last city with their valuable hostage, four guardians lead a desperate mission to rescue the captive commander. The game starts. You and three other players are dropped into the tower of the last city, except everything's on fire, everything's crumbling, it's besieged. The Awoken, who were persuaded by their queen, have turned on the guardians and they're ransacking the last city of all its value, uh, valuable materials, its weapons, armories, and leaving to go back to the reef. Savathun, it turns out, is in fact not a hive witch, but a powerful Sith Lord <laughs> who was manipulating Zivu, Arath, and Oryx, her siblings, so that she could become the most powerful Sith Lord and uh, being in the universe. She has also launched her final assault on the Traveler, who is not a being of the light, but a being of the good side of the Force, uh, sort of like a god. And ghosts, which resurrects the Guardians, are simply manipulators of the Force with the special ability ah. to resurrect Guardians into their corporeal forms instead of resurrecting them into the Force energy like we see in the movies, mm -hmm. like Yoda, Obi-Wan, etc., with the Awoken having stolen so much of the weapons from the last city when the game starts already, you don't have anything. The Traveler, in its last final moments, gives you one last item, a sword built from pure energy using a shard of the Traveler to project that light <laughs> in a small distance, a.k.a. a lightsaber. So you're not only the last Guardian, you are also the last Jedi. Whoa! Savathun ends up destroying the Traveler, and in its destruction, Akora sacrifices herself to save you and your fellow Jedi Guardians. She returns at various points later in the game as like a force projection. She guides you along uh, the story. Savathun is now the most powerful Sith being in the universe. She commands dominance over the galaxy. She sets her sights on the last Awoken Bastion in the Reef. The Awoken have used all of the materials they've stolen to create this sort of fortress in the reef and perimeter and everything. One that you need to infiltrate and take command of because there's lots of dissension in the Awoken ranks for what their queen has done against the Guardians, especially in her brother, Prince Aldrin Saab, who was resurrected as a Jedi Guardian and has been teaching you the ways of lightsaber combat from a swamp on Io. <laughs> so you develop a strategy to get into the reef, assassinate Marasov, who's basically a separatist leader at the, the Awoken fleet, launch a counterattack on Savathun and her fleet, and in this giant space battle, you then board her ship, fight her, you kill her, but at the very end, her apprentice shows up, and of course... Her apprentice is no other than the great Sith Lord and leader of the darkness himself, Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> <laughs> and then that's the close of Destiny Wars 3, Revenge of the Nine. And then it goes into Destiny 4. That is wow. the most Matt Martinez thing <laughs> I've ever incredible. heard in my life. So I got to tell you, that did Thank live up you. to the hype. Because you've been hyping yeah. that up all day. 
but that was great that was yeah, everything that was, i'd expect that was from amazing. A, a matt martinez lore connoisseur crossover yes. game bonanza uh that that sounds amazing and like a better plot than destiny 2 to be honest wow rude oh maybe the base game, honestly yeah. though once again the games we've pitched all sound like I games know. i would definitely play yeah <laughs> hell yeah so we really need to start talking to some developers because I think we have some ideas. So really, yes, I need to do. just convince Corey Barlog to somehow work an agreement with Guerrilla Games to just halt everything that they're doing and create this mm-hmm. new game that seems nearly impossible, doesn't line up canonically. But hey, <laughs> it sounds like it'd be a yeah. lot of fun. Yeah. Hey, Bungie, instead of the grind fest that is whatever, Black Armory, <laughs> let's do a Star Wars crossover. <laughs> So yeah, these have been fantastic pitches. So again, if you all have some crossover game pitches that you'd like to throw our way, give us a call 347-509-5620. Nice. All right, folks. And now we will move into patch notes where we update you on the latest gaming news that broke since last we spoke. This is patch notes (laughs) 12.12.18. And I'll be honest it's been a little bit slow of a week for gaming news it's been a little slow of a week for gaming news a little slow mm-hmm. i'll go first because mine is a short story this is from mike fahey over at kotaku uh world of warcraft's blood elf daddy oh. got a makeover anytime there's news involving daddy the word daddy i'm all <laughs> Comes over up it. in your feed yeah. um but this is actually an interesting graphical update the leader of the blood elves lorthamar theron used to have this like old ass model and like all the other like horde leaders have these like beautiful new game models and um they finally released this new one for him where and here's the interesting part is that his his clothing flows as does his hair which seems really minor but when you think of how (laughs) old world of warcraft is like the actual game you know they didn't have they they don't have that implemented, you know? They don't have, like, your they clothes. They don't have hair physics. Right, exactly. They don't. <laughs> so, like, it's interesting. So he's the only character <laughs> to have these, like, elements. So a lot of people are speculating that they are testing it on him and how, like, it interacts in the game to then, like, possibly put that into all the leaders, into game characters themselves. So it could be, like, an interesting graphical overhaul for you know the character creation in the game which would be very cool since uh, a lot of them do look a little bit outdated even in their new models so yep. mm-hmm. that's cool. my news kate okay my patch notes is from ign by adam bankhurst so it says your super smash brothers ultimate piranha plant dlc code may already be in your inbox it says you may want to check your email as your dlc code may be there waiting Owners of Smash Brothers Ultimate and those who purchase a copy by January 31st will be rewarded with an unexpected brand new fighter, Piranha Plant, in February of next year. You will need to redeem a code that Nintendo will send to the email linked to your Nintendo account to receive the character. The problem, the email subject line doesn't indicate the code is inside and simply says, thank you for your purchase of the Smash Brothers Ultimate game. So I know a lot of people don't like read their email. So anyway, if you get that email, be sure to check your trash spam, etc., and make sure you don't miss on the chance to play as Piranha Plant for free. And I'm sorry that was boring. It's been a slow news week. <laughs> How could they put in Piranha Plant and not Waluigi? That's so odd to me. I don't. Well, I mean, like, who cares about like 
nobody cares about Waluigi. The only reason people care about Who cares Waluigi about piranha plants. <laughs> well, I, I would point. I would say that piranha plants are more heavily featured in Mario That's games true. than Waluigi. That is, I would say that is a true statement. I feel like they're a more iconic character too. If we're being a hundred percent honest. Like, if I showed a picture of a piranha plant to my dad and a picture of Waluigi, he'd be like, oh, yeah, that's from Mario. And then he'd be like, I don't know who that is. That fake Luigi. That's what he'd probably <laughs> say to me. Luigi. So if my yeah. dad can decipher between the two that one is superior to the other, I feel like that's the end-all, be-all. Because well, he, he's part of the old generation. They're old people. Steven, what's your patch notes? So my patch notes is really just all about the making of the Game Awards. So this is by Blake Hester at Polygon. And what he did is he basically followed Jeff Keighley around for about six months, just kind of observing how the Game Awards got made. Um, so I'm That's just going to cherry pick from the article, just like different things I found interesting. Kudos to Blake for opening the article in such a way where you're like, I need to know more about this. This is how it starts. Jeff Keighley owes more than you'd think to Britney Spears. Oh, Wow. Right there. Don't you just like, I need to know Don't more. Don't we all, here. though? That is a solid opener. I feel like we in all In 2014, yeah, right. <laughs> we, all, we all do, yeah. In 2014, the first year of Keeley's annual Game Awards show, he found himself in a precarious situation. His team didn't have the money to build the type of show he wanted. Spears had recently begun a residency at the Planet Hollywood Access Theater in Las Vegas and happened to have a week off when Keeley's team wanted to shoot. So the Game Awards asked if they could use her stage, and Spears said yes. So that's pretty much how it started. Like He basically got lucky, and Britney Spears let him use their stage. That is unreal. We need to tweet that right now. (laughs) Thank you, Britney Spears. Everyone go tweet Britney Spears. Honestly, yeah. She pretty much is the reason the Game Awards are what they are. And so now this will move wow. forward a little bit. It starts off, um, th- this next part picks up July 17, 2018. Where in the world is Jeff Keeley? Keeley picks up his phone in his car. He's driving from Los Angeles where he lives to Blizzard's headquarters in Irvine. All things considered, it's a pretty short trip for him. About an hour drive if traffic is good. But it's one of the first of many that will take him all over the world, meeting with developers and publishers to talk about possible announcements and trailers to debut at the annual award show. The work is starting to pick up, he says. July is when he shifts from E3 mode, where he hosts YouTube Gaming's yearly coverage and organizes the E3 Coliseum panels, to full-blown Game Awards mode. There's a lot to do, a lot of meetings to take, and a lot of countries to visit. He was in San Francisco last week, he says. Next week he'll be back. After that he has San Diego Comic-Con, then China, Japan, North Carolina, and Europe for a little while, in quotes. So, traveling all the world, meeting with developers, meeting with producers... And um, basically what the the article goes on to say is when he's meeting with these folks, a lot of it is not just like, hey, what do you guys have to show at the Game Awards? It's how can we show this at the Game Awards to best represent your studio? So it's not that he's just sitting there absorbing what these developers want. He's working with these developers to kind of put the package together in the way that's going to best represent all these developers one way or another. One of the things that really jumps out to me, I recommend everybody go read this. It's a long article, so I'm not going to mm-hmm. keep cherry picking everything. sounds super interesting. So yeah, it's Polygon.com. It's written by Blake Hester. And again, it's called The Making of the Game Awards 2018. I'll actually include this link in the show notes because I do think it's it was super interesting. So one of the things that really jumped out to me was how small the team is. It's really just Keely, a couple other people, and then his basically right-hand person, Kimmy Kim, who she was the producer on a ton of other shows. Like She's helped produce like the Oscars and a bunch of other things. And so she's very mm-hmm. good at setting up like 
pyrotechnics and getting contacts for different things regarding the venue where he's very good in terms of like he knows the video game industry so she does a lot of the things to kind of balance him out but the article keeps mentioning how both he and her don't believe he delegates enough and it hit like from him it's just like this is such a point of passion for me he's like this is what i've always wanted to do so i love having the control over it but you can see how big it's getting and how eventually mm-hmm. it's just going to be like you, you need to start spreading yeah. yourself out because it's going to be tough but i think the best thing is because we saw the numbers he tweeted it out they had 26 million streams wow for the game awards this year which is insane so it was like so many people were watching this so it's getting bigger and I really hope with that growth that he is able to kind of expand his team. And a lot of it stems from, like, since he's the face of it, he feels like he's responsible for, like, meeting with sure. all these devs to... Yeah. And be, and because they're more comfortable meeting with him because he is the face of it. So I'm hoping this leads to it already just being popular on its own where he's now able to delegate some of that stuff to other people. Because eventually, like, that can't be good. Like, he was saying he was no. <laughs> pretty much going on, like, four hours of sleep every day, which is... Honestly, it's just so incredible because we talked about it, what, last week? Um, or, yeah, we talked about it last week, how well the show was put together. And it's really interesting to see how long it takes and how things could go wrong very quickly. But I do think, actually, I think one of our suggestions that he needs a co-host, I, mm-hmm. I felt at times that it felt like he wanted to be the center of attention. Like, I got that vibe sometimes. Because we talked about it on that podcast how, like, a co-host would help like with the banter and stuff and like yeah and i i expressed my feeling that like i went back and forth on like really liking him in front of the camera and like speaking and you could really tell his passion and then sometimes i just got like a little bit of a weird vibe and i think it might stem from that i think he needs a co-host i think he should reach mm-hmm. out to people for assistance and support you can't you yeah. can when something just like you were saying when something gets to a certain size it's just you can't do it by yourself anymore, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I had, that sounds like a really interesting article that I would very much like to read. Mm-hmm. So thank you for sharing. Yeah. I definitely agree with you in the sense that, like, he probably just wants to have control over it and, like, for be sure. the face of it just because he was the one who created it. This has been because something that the article mentions too is that when he pays for all this, he puts the money up front and eventually gets all the sponsors and everything like that. So he's putting wow. his money up front to do this show. And obviously, now that it's five years in and getting a lot more notoriety, it's probably a little bit better in terms of like how quickly the sponsors get the money right. out to him sure. and things like that. But that it goes on to mention too, like how people were complaining that like the Schick Hydro bot or something showed up at one of the game awards. He's like, like, what do you want me to do? He's like, you really think I wanted the Schick Hydro bot there? It's like these people are putting their money into our mm. product. So yeah. those are the concessions we have to make. And that goes to what we were saying about <laughs> Schick it's, it's going to get more commercialized as <laughs> right. it gets right. bigger and it has to. And that's, it's, you, it's the good with the bad so mm-hmm. you have to sit through some of these ads where you have to watch the muppets dead with by daylight ninja. five times yeah so you're gonna you're gonna have to <laughs> sit through that ninja. stuff <laughs> but Honestly, it's all i'd rather just watch the muppets i know just the muppets. like yeah, yeah ninja is the commercialized more. part of that pairing <laughs> yeah not the yeah. muppets well you don't worry he, t- he said everybody you know don't worry drake made video games cool so that's all we need <laughs> the moral of the story is that we owe our lives to Britney Spears. 
honestly, that's yeah, kind of what it yeah. made gaming Without cool. Without Britney Spears. Great. Yeah. Yeah, all right. That's the tagline. Britney Spears made gaming cool because without her, who knows where the game awards would be. Yeah. But in all honesty, kudos to Jeff Keighley, Kimmy Kim, and the rest of their team because honestly, like, they it's a small team and they put on a hell of a show. So yeah, very cool. Kudos to all of them. A lot of hard work. Kimmy Kim. Great Kim. article from Blake. So I think that'll have to actually wrap up the show now we finished up the patch notes. But we've had a lot of fun tonight. We pitched our crossover game ideas. We had a good little guessing game with who said it. Morbid. We got some right, some wrong. You know how it goes. I feel like we got more right than wrong this time, but I think we did. I'm not going to go back and actually count that up. I'm just going to pretend like we did and move on because that's our podcast and that's how we do things. So if you've enjoyed what you've heard tonight or on any of the other episodes, feel free to go on over to whatever podcast service you listen to us on, whether it be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Pocket Cast, Podcast Addict. Anything and everything. Give us a like, leave us a review, subscribe to us. It means the world to us, and we really appreciate the support. And of course, if you've enjoyed this or any of the other episodes or any content we produce, head on over to patreon.com slash plus one player. Feel free to throw us a buck or two, because like I mentioned, every dollar you throw our way goes right back into the show to make it be the best it can be. And you can join that totally rad group of supporters that we already have. We love them so much. So that will pretty much wrap up episode 58. We really hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed making it for you. And with all that, wherever you are, wherever you're listening from, we appreciate you. And we'll talk to you very soon. Which I want, I'm going to put this on the record. Ninja saying Drake made video games cool only perpetuates the stereotype that Drake is cool. Drake is not cool. He's not that good of that, a rapper. So that. let's just be honest. Yeah. There are much better yeah, rappers out there. Everyone has phones. It's and fact. you used to call me on it. So. You used to call me on my phone. I actually like that song. <laughs> I bet you do. That's probably the, what you blew your back out dancing the, to. <laughs> the it all comes full circle. moral of the story is that we... Oh, our lives to Britney Spears.